Chapter 26. I did use a jar, as gross as it was. I had already provided my sample for that day, so the next time I had to go, I did it in the upstairs bathroom, in the jar, hiding it behind the cleaning stuff under the sink. Cleaning the bathroom was one of our chores, so I'd hoped that meant the nurses never went under there. We didn't do much work in class that day. We tried, but Mrs. Wang wasn't cooperating. It was Friday, and she saw the weekend looming. So she just set us up with her assignments, and then played solitaire on her laptop. Ray spent most of the moving morning in therapy, first with Dr. Gill and then a special session with Dr. Davidoff, while Tori went up with hers with Dr. Gill. That meant that Mrs. Wang let us out early for lunch, so I was left to pass the time with Simon and Derek, which was just fine by me. There was still so much I wanted to know. Asking wasn't necessarily so easy, especially since it wasn't stuff that we could discuss in the media room. Going outside would have been the obvious choice, but Mrs. Van Dopp was working in the garden, so Simon offered to help me finish the laundry. Derek said he'd sneak down later. So this is when our so this is where our resident ghost lurks, Simon said, circling the laundry room. I think so, but he held up a hand and then lowered himself to the floor and started sorting the last basket. You don't need to tell me there might not be a ghost here, but I'm gonna try to make you contact with it. Make contact with it. When Derek comes down, he might. Don't let him push you around. I don't push her around anywhere. Derek's voice preceded him around the corner. If I tell someone to do something and they do it, Derek said, rounding the corner, that's not my problem. All she has to do is say no. Her tongue works, doesn't it? Great. The guy can manage to make me feel stupid even when he's telling me that I don't have to make him, let him make me feel stupid. So if they decide to transfer you, what are you going to do about it? Simon balled up a shirt. For God's sake, Derek, they're not, they're thinking about it. She needs a plan. Does she? Simon pitched the shirt into a colored pile. What about you, bro? If word comes down that you're next to go, do you have a plan? They exchanged a look. I couldn't see Simon's face, but Derek's jaw set. I stood and gathered a load from the washer. If they do, I don't see that I have a lot of options. I can't exactly refuse. So you just give in, go along like a good girl? Ease up, bro. Derek ignored him, scooped up the laundry I'd missed, and dropped it into the washer, moving beside me as he did. They won't let you talk to Liz, will they? Huh, what? Tori asked this morning. I heard. Talbot said told her no and that she told you the same thing when you'd asked last night he grabbed the soapbox from my hands lifted the measuring cup from the shelf and waggled it this helps they said i can call liz on the weekend still it seems a little odd you barely knew the girl and you're the first one wanting to call her it's called being considerate maybe you've heard of it he batted my hand from the dials dark's cold or you'll end up with the dye bleeding i glanced back at me see i'm considerate sure when it's mostly your stuff in there behind us simon snorted a laugh as for Liz, I continued, I just wanted to be sure she was okay. Why wouldn't she be? He'd scoff at my stupidity, thinking Liz was dead, murdered. Oddly enough, that's exactly what I wanted. Reassurance that my head was stuffed too full of movie plots. I'd gotten as far as the part about walking to see Liz in the bed, waking to see Liz in bed, chattering away. So, Derek cut in. Liz returned from the great beyond to show you her really cool socks. I told them about her dream and the attic appearance. When I'd finished, Simon sat there, staring, a shirt dangling from his hands. That sure sounds like a ghost. Just because she's a ghost doesn't mean she was murdered, Derek said. She could have had a completely unrelated accident on the way to the hospital. If that happened, they wouldn't want to tell us right away. Or maybe she's not dead at all, I said. Maybe she can, she can astral project. Shamans can do that, right? It might also explain how she's moving stuff around. That wasn't a poltergeist spirit. It was her spirit, or however it works. You said our power is kicking around puberty, right? If we don't know what we are when that happens, this kind of just this is just the kind of place we'd end up. A home for teams with weird problems. He shrugged, but he didn't argue. Would being a shaman explain what she was doing, throwing stuff around? Could she have been popping out of her body without knowing it? I 
Don't know. The admission came slowly, reluctantly. Tell me, or let me think about it. We were halfway through dessert when Mrs. Dalbutt reappeared. I know you kids have free time after lunch, but I hate to interfere with that, but I'm going to have to ask you to spend it in this end of the house and give Victoria and her mother some privacy. Please stay out of the classroom until it's time for classes and don't play in the media room. You can go outside or in the living room. Now, last week, if anyone told me to give someone privacy, I'd make sure I stayed away. That was only polite. But after a few days at Lyle House, though, when someone said, don't go there, I didn't say, okay, but why? And decided to find out. In this house, knowledge was power, and I was a quick learner. The question was how to get close enough to Dr. Gill's office to overhear Tori and her mom and learn why she'd give them and why we had to give them privacy for a friendly mother-to-daughter chat. I could ask the guy with the supercharged hearing, but I didn't want to owe Derek any favors. Mrs. Talbot said the girls were allowed upstairs, but not the boys, because getting their rooms, getting to the rooms meant passing Dr. Gill's office, and that gave me an idea. I went upstairs, crept into Mrs. Talbot's room, through the adjoining doors into Mrs. Van Dopp's room, and then down to the boys' hall in the up to down the boys' hall to the stairs. My daring move was rewarded the moment I crouched on the stairs. I cannot believe you did this to me, Tori. Do you have any idea how much you've embarrassed me? You overheard what the nurses said about Chloe Saunders when I was here Sunday, and you couldn't wait to tell the other kids. It took me a moment to realize what Tori's mom was talking about. So much had happened this week. Then it hit. Tori telling the others that I thought I thought I saw ghosts. Ray had said Tori's mom had some business connected connection with Lyle House, and said that when she dropped off the new shirt for Tori on Sunday, the nurses must have mentioned the new girl and her hallucinations. Tori must have been eavesdropping. If that wasn't enough, they tell me you've been sulking over that girl's transfer. Liz, Tori whispered. Her name was Liz. I know her name. What I don't know is why that would send you off the deep end. Deep end? Sulking in your room, bickering with Rachel, gloating over that new girl setback yesterday. Is your medication not working right, Victoria? I told you, if that prescription isn't helping, let me, you're to let me know. It is helping, Mom. Tori's voice was thick, muffled, like she'd been crying. Are you still taking them? I always take them. You know that. All I know is that if you're taking them, you should be getting better, and this week proves that you aren't. But that doesn't have anything to do with my problem. It's it's this new girl. She's driving me nuts. Little Miss Goody Two-Shoes. Always trying to show me up. Always trying to prove she's better. She switched to a bitter falsetto. Oh, Chloe's such a good girl. Oh, Chloe's going to be out of here in no time. Oh, Chloe's trying so hard. She switched back to her normal voice. I'm trying hard. Way harder than her. But Dr. Davidoff already came to visit her. Marcel only wants to motivate you kids. I am motivated. Do you think I like being stuck here with these losers and freaks? But I don't just want to get out. I want to get better. Chloe doesn't care about that. She lied, telling everyone she doesn't think she sees ghosts. Chloe Saunders is a little, is a two-faced little bit. She swallowed the rest of her word and said, witch. I'd never been called anything like that. Probably not even behind my back. But I had lied. I'd been the one who... I'd said one thing while believing another. That was the definition of two-faced, wasn't it? I understand you can't care for this girl. I hate her. She moves in, gets my best friend here kicked out, shows me up with the nurses and doctors, steals my guy. She stopped short and then mumbled. Anyway, she deserved it. What's this about a boy? Her mother's word came sharp, brittle. Nothing. Are you involved with one of the boys here, Tori? No, Mom. I'm not involved with anyone. Don't take that tone with me and blow your nose. I can barely understand you through all that blubbering. A pause. I'm only going to ask you one more time. What's this about a boy? I just... Tori inhaled loudly enough for me to hear. I like one of the guys here, and Chloe knows that, so she's been chasing him to show me up. Chasing him? 
which boy is it? Her mother's voice was so low, I had to strain to hear it. Oh, mom, it doesn't matter. It's just, don't you owe mom me. I think I have the right to be concerned. Her voice dropped another notch. Don't tell me it's Simon, Tori. Don't you dare tell me it's Simon. I warned you to stay away from that boy. Why? He's fine. He doesn't even take meds. I like him. And, ow, mom, what are you doing? Getting your attention. I told you to stay away from him, and I expect to be obeyed. You already have a boyfriend. More than one, if I recall. Perfectly nice boys who are waiting for you to get out of here. Yeah, like that's going to happen anytime soon. It will happen when you decide to make it happen. Do you have any idea how embarrassing it is for a member of the board to have her own daughter sent to this place? Well, let me tell you, Miss Victoria, it's nothing compared to the humiliation of having her still here almost two months later. You already told me that and told me and told me. Not enough for you or you'd be doing something about it, like trying to get better. I am trying. Tori's voice, Roy, Tori's voice rose in a wail of frustration. It's your father's fault. He spoils you rotten. You've never fought for anything in your life. Never known what it is to want anything. Mom, I'm trying. You don't know what trying is. The venom in her voice made my skin creep. You're soiled and la- you're spoiled and lazy and selfish and you don't care how much you're hurting me, making me look like a lousy mother, damaging my professional reputation. Tori's only answer was a gut-wrenching sob. I hugged my knees, rubbing my arms. You don't worry about Chloe Saunders. Her mother her mother's voice lowered to a hiss. She's not getting out here nearly as fast as she thinks she is. And don't you worry about you worry about Miss Victoria Enright and about me. Make me proud, Tori. That's all I ask. I'll I'm try she stopped. I will. Ignore Chloe Saunders and ignore Simon Bay. They aren't worth your attention. But Simon, did you hear me? I don't want you near that boy. He's trouble. Him and his brother. If I hear you two ever being seen together alone, he's gone. I'll have him transferred. Life experience. I can talk it up now. Vow to broaden. I can talk it up vow to broaden my horizons but i'm still limited to the experiences within my life how can a person understand an experience that lies completely outside her own she can see it feel it imagine what it would be like to live it but that's no difference from seeing it on a movie screen and saying thank god that's not me after listening to tori's mother i vowed to never badmouth aunt lauren again i was lucky to have a parent whose biggest fault was that she cared too much about me even when she was disappointed in me, she'd come to my defense. To accuse me of embarrassing her would never enter my aunt's mind. Calling me lazy for not trying hard enough? Threatening to send away a boy I liked? I shivered. Tori was trying to get better. Ray had called her to the queen of meds. Now I could see why. I could only imagine what life was like for Tori, and even my imagination wasn't good enough to stretch that far. How could a parent blame her child for not overcoming a mental illness? It wasn't like a reluctant student to get a passing grade. It was like blaming one with a hear- blaming one with a learning disorder for not getting A's. Whatever Tori's condition was, it was like schizophrenia, not her fault and not entirely within her control. Tori skipped class that afternoon, not surprisingly. The rule about not hiding out in her room apparently didn't apply to her because her of her condition or maybe because her mother's position between periods i slipped upstairs to find her she was in her bedroom her sobs barely muffled by the closed door i stood in the hall listening to her cry yearning to do something in a movie i'd go in there comfort her or maybe even become her friend i'd seen it on the screen a dozen times but again that wasn't the same as experiencing it in real life something i couldn't really appreciate until i was there outside her door Tori hated me. The thought made my stomach hurt. I'd never been hated before. I was a kind I was the kind of kid if someone asked others what they thought of me, they'd say, Chloe, she's okay, I guess. They didn't love me, they didn't hate me, just they didn't think too much about me either way. Whether I'd earned Tori's hate was another matter. But I couldn't argue with 
her experience of events. To her, I had barged in and taken her place. I'd become the good patient, as she desperately needed to be. If I'd walked her into her room now, she wouldn't see a sympathetic face. She'd see a victor come to gloat, and she'd hate me all the more. So I left her there, crying in her room, alone. That af- When afternoon break ended, Mrs. Talbot announced his class were over for the day when we were going we were going to take a rare field trip outside to the outside world we weren't going far just an indoor community pool a block away within walking distance a great idea if only it had a bathing suit mrs talbot offered to call aunt lauren but i wasn't about to interrupt my aunt for that especially after she'd been dragged away from my misbehavior yesterday i wasn't the only one being left behind though derek had to go to his session with dr gill that didn't seem fair but when i said so to simon he said derek wasn't allowed to go on outings i guess that made sense considering what he was in here for the day i arrived when they'd taken the others to lunch while i settled in he must have been confined in his room after everyone left, I took advantage of the nurses being gone and hung out in my room, listening to music. I'd been up there only a few minutes when I thought I heard a rap on my door. I pulled out one earbud. Another rap. I was pretty sure ghosts couldn't knock, so I was called out a greeting. The door st- swung open. There stood Tori, looking very untory-like. Her hair stood in spikes, as if she'd been running her hands through it. Her shirt was wrinkled, the back of the back untucked from her jeans. I sat up. I thought you went swimming. I have cramps. That okay with you? Her words were clipped with an undertone of her usual snottiness, but forced. Anyways, I didn't come to borrow your eyeliner. Not like you have any. I just came to say you can have Simon. I've decided her gaze slid away. I'm not interested. He's not my type. Too young. A twist of her lips. Immature. Anyways, take him. He's all yours. I'd have been tempted to shoot back a, gee, thanks, if it wasn't obvious how much this was hurting her. Simon was wrong. Tori really did like him. Anyways, she cleared her throat. I've come to declare a truce. Truce? With an impatient wave, she stepped into the room, closing the door behind her. The silly feud of ours. You aren't worth my... She trailed off, shoulders slumping. No more fighting. You want Simon? Take him. You think you see ghosts? It's your problem. All I want for you is to tell Dr. Gill that I've apologized for telling anyone everyone that you saw ghosts the first day they were going to let me out monday but now they aren't and it's your fault i didn't i'm not done a touch of her old attitude gave the words a snarky tilt you'll tell dr gill that i apologized and maybe you blew the whole thing out of proportion i thought it was cool that you saw ghosts and you took it the wrong way that but i've been nice to you ever since about giving me simon i'm not what's part that's part of that's part one of the deal Part two, I'll show you something you want to see. What's that? In that, a flip of her hand, filthy crawl space. I was going downstairs to see when you were finally going to get my jeans washed when I heard you and Ray looking for something. I'd wiped any expression from my face. I don't know what... Oh, stop it. Let me guess. Brady told Ray there was something in there, didn't he? I had no idea what she'd meant, but I nodded. It's a jewelry box full of old stuff. Her lips curled in distaste. Brady showed me. He thought I might actually be interested in it. It's like antiques, he said. Gross. She shivered. But I wasn't all like, oh, wow, that's so sweet and romantic. I just love rotting necklaces and filthy crawl spaces. He must have mentioned it to Ray. If you want, I can show you. Sure, I guess. Maybe tonight? You think I'm going to risk getting into more trouble? I'll show you now. When you... And when I'll have time to shower after, and don't think you'll find it on your own, because you won't. I hesitated. Her mouth tightened. Fine. You don't want to help me? That's just peachy. She headed for the door. I swung my legs over the side of the bed. Hold up. I'm coming. Chapter 27. I climbed onto the ladder, pushed open the door, and peered inside into the pitch blackness. I pulled back and looked down at Tori. Ray had a flashlight. We need to get it. An exasperated sigh. Where is it? 
I don't know. I thought you'd... Why would I know where they keep flashlights? Do you think I sneak around at night, reading dirty books under the covers? Just go... She stopped, lips curving in a mocking smile. Oh, that's right. You're afraid of the dark, aren't you? Where did you hear... She plucked at my pant leg. Get down, little girl. I'll lead the way and fend off all those nasty ghosts. No, I've got it. Just give me a sec to let my eyes adjust. Where was Ray and her matches when you needed them? Wait, matches. She'd she'd thrown them in there. I felt around, but the dark earth floor camouflaged the matchbook. Hello, Tori said, petrified with fear already. Move or get out of my way. I started forward. Head left, Tori said as she crawled in behind me. It's about halfway to the wall. We'd gone around 20 feet when she'd said, swing right. See that pillar? I squinted and could make out a support post. That's, it's right behind that. I crawled to the pillar and started feeling around the base of it. Behind, not beside. Can't you do anything? Here, let me. She reached for my arm, hand wrapping over my forearm and yanking me off balance. Hey, I said, that hurts. Her fingers dug in harder. When I tried to wrench back, she kneed me in the stomach and I doubled over. Do you know how much trouble you got me in, Chloe? You come here, get Liz sent away, steal Simon, ruin my chance to get out. Well, you're about to get out yourself. At a one-way ticket to the loony bin. Let's just see how scared of the dark you really are. She lifted a ragged rectangle, a broken brick. She swung. Pain exploded in the back of my head, and I pitched forward, tasting dirt before everything went black. Several times I woke, groggy. Some deeper part of me screaming, you have to get up, before the sleepy, confused part muttered, it's just the pills again, and I drifted back into unconsciousness. Finally, I remembered I wasn't taking the pills, and I did to wake. To the sound of labor breathing, I lay there, my brain still fuddled, heart racing, as I tried to call, who's there, but my lips wouldn't move. I rocked wildly, unable to sit up, unable to move my arms, scarcely able to breathe. Then, as I struggled to inhale, I realized there was a sound of heavy breathing. I realized where the sound of heavy breathing came from. Me. I forced myself to lay still, to calm down. Something was tight across my cheeks, pulling the skin when I moved. Tape. I had tape over my mouth. My hands were tied behind my back and my legs. I squinted into the dark, trying to see my feet, but the floor, but the door was closed and no light was coming in. I couldn't see anything. When I moved my legs, I could feel something holding them together near the ankles. Tied. That crazy bitch. I'd never call somebody that, but with Tori, no other word fit. She just had lured me into the crawl space and knocked me out. She's bound and gagged me. She was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Well, duh. That's why she locked you up in this space. It, that's why she's locked up in this place. Mentally disturbed. Read the label, Chloe. You're the idiot who forgot. Now I was stuck in here, gagged and bound in the dark, waiting for someone to find me. Will anyone find you? Of course. They wouldn't just leave me here to rot. You've probably been unconscious, unconscious for hours. Maybe they've stopped looking. Maybe they think you've run away. It didn't matter. Once Tori had run, had her fun and her revenge, she'd find a way to let someone know I was here. Will she? She's crazy, remember? All she cares about is getting rid of you. Maybe she'll decide it's better if you're never found. A few days without water? Stop that. They'll think someone broke in. Tied poor Chloe up and left her in the crawl space. That would make a good story. Chloe's last story ridiculous. They'd find me, eventually, but I wasn't going to lie here and wait for a rescue. I flipped onto my back and tried using my hands to push myself up. When I couldn't get a grip, I rolled in my I rolled onto my side and then twisted and squirmed until I was on my knees. There, at least I could inch forward. If I could make it to the other side of the crawl space, I could bang on the door and get someone's attention. It wouldn't be it would be slow going, but Chloe, a man's voice, Dr. Davidoff? I tried to answer but could only make a muffled uh-huh sound. Your name Chloe. As the voice drew near, I recognized it, and the hairs on my arms went up. The basement ghost. I braced myself and looked around, knowing even as I did, I couldn't see anything in the blackness. This complete dark.
relax, come for you. I shifted forward and smacked my nose for, and smacked nose first into a post. Pain exploded exploded behind my eyes and they were filled with tears when i lowered my head wincing i smacked my skull into the post and toppled sideways get up what's the use i can barely move i can't see where i'm going it's so dark i lifted my head but of course saw nothing ghosts could be all around me everywhere oh stop that they're ghosts they can't do anything to you they can't come for you summon them you must i closed my eyes and concentrated on breathing nothing but breathing and blocking that voice help you listen this house. As terrified as I was, the moment I heard the words, this house, spoken with such urgency, I had to listen. Good. Relax. Concentrate. I struggled against my bonds and tried to push myself up. No. Relax. Come for you. Use the time. Make contact. I can't. Must get. Their story. Urgent. I was trying to pick up more, struggling to understand. Relax and concentrate sounded like what Ray, was su- what Ray suggested. It had worked when I was with her, at least for me, to see a flash. I closed my eyes. Good. Relax. Summon. I squeezed my eyes shut and imagined myself making contact with him. Pictured him. Visualized pulling him through. Strained until my temples began to throb. Child. Not so. His voice was louder. I balled up my hands, willing myself to pass through the barrier, to contact the dead. No, the ghost said. Don't! My head jerked up, eyes open in the blackness. Are you there? I thought the words and then tried saying them with a uh, uh, uh against the gag. I ticked off two minutes of complete silence. So much for pulling the ghost through. I must have shoved him further out of reach. At least the interlude gave me a moment to calm down. My heart had stopped. It's rab- scared rabbit pattering. And even the dark didn't scare me so much. It would scare me so bad. If I could inch towards the door and bang on it, in what direction is the door? I just have to find out. I started toward a sliver of light that probably came from around the door. The ground trembled, and I pitched forward. As I strained, the bindings around my hands moved, loosened. I twisted my arms, pulling my wrists apart. Whatever kind of knot Tori had tied was poorly done and slipping. Rich girls, I thought. That's what Ray would say. I worked my hands free, and when I reached for my legs, the tremor came again, stronger now, so I had to brace myself to keep from falling over. An earthquake? With my luck, I wouldn't doubt it. I waited it out and then started fumbling with the rope around my feet. It twisted and was knotted in several places, as if the knots, as if it had knots before Tori found it. Finding the right knot in the dark was a crunch cut through my thought. It sounded like somebody stepped into the dirt floor, but ghosts didn't make any sound when they moved. I listened. It came again, a shifting, cracking sound, like someone dropped a handful of pebble-filled dirt. I swallowed and kept working on the knot. What if there's a real person down here with me? Someone who could hurt me. A scraping noise behind me. I jumped and retched my side. My gag stifled my yelp and I searched the darkness, heart pounding so loud I swore I could hear it. Thump, thump, thump. That's not my heartbeat. The sound came from my left. Too soft to be footsteps. Like someone's hands hitting the dirt. Like someone crawling towards me. Stop that. I only meant to think the words, but I heard them rip from my raw throat, muffled by my gag. The thumping stopped. A guttural noise, like a growl. My god, there isn't someone down here. There's something down here. Some animal. A mole. Ray and I had seen a dead mole yesterday. A mole? Growling? Making that thumping loud enough to be heard across the room? Just stay still. If you stay still, it can't find you. That's sharks, you idiot. Sharks and dinosaurs can't find you if you stay still. This isn't Jurassic Park. Hysterical laughter bubbled up in my throat. I swallowed it, twisting the sound into a whimper. The thumping grew louder, closer, underscore, now by a new noise. A clicking. Click-clack. Click-clack. What was that? 
are you going to just sit there and find out? I reached for my gag, but I couldn't get a grip on the tape, so I gave up and fumbled for the rope around my feet again, fingertips whizzing along so fast it cut into my skin. At every knot, I felt for loose ends and finding none until I kept going. There it was, a loose end. I worked at the knot, tugging this bit and then that bit, searching for the one that would yank out to the end. I pulled all my concentration in it, blocking the sounds. I was trying to get my fingertips under a section of knot when something rattled right beside me, a rustle and then a click-clack. A musty smell, a thick musty smell filled my nostrils. Then icy fingertips brushed my bare arm. Something in me just let go. A small rush of wetness trickled down my leg, and I barely noticed. I sat there, frozen, holding myself so still and tight that my jaw started to ache. I tracked the thumping, rustling, clicking thing as it seemed to circle me. Another noise, another sound rose. A low, long whisper. My whimper. Oh, gosh, sorry. A long, low whisper. Or whimper. My whimper. I tried to stop it, but I couldn't. The only could only huddle there so terrified my mind was an absolute blank. And then it touched me again. Long, dry, cold finger t- finger-like things tickled across the back of my neck. An indescribable smacking, cracking, rustling sound set my every hair on end. The sound repeated until it became a, not a sound but a word. A horrible mangled word that couldn't come from any human throat. A single endlessly word repeated. Help. 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 I lunged forward away from the thing. Ankles still tied. I floppled feet. I flopped face first on the floor and then rushed on all fours, moving as fast as I could to the distant door. A hissing, thumping, clicking sound came from my other side. Another one. Oh God, what were they? How many were there? It doesn't matter. Just go. I dragged myself until I was at the door, my fingertips rushing the wood. I pushed. It didn't budge. Locked. I backed up, slammed my fist against it, screaming, banging, calling for help. Cold fingers wrapped around my bare ankle. 